What's up, everybody? My name's Chris Marshall with my boy, Frank G. We are the hosts of Build Your Empire podcast. Frank G, tell the people what we do. What's going on, everybody? Chris and I, we discuss established empires while showcasing us building ours. You can catch Build Your Empire podcast every Monday and Thursday. We highly, highly recommend giving us feedback, and we appreciate all reviews. Frank G, who are we going to discuss today on our Thursday episode? Today, we dive into a man that they called the comic genius of America, Dave Chappelle. Ooh, Davey Chappelle's, huh? Davey Chappelle's. Chappelle's. <laughs> Davey Chappelle's. Davey Chappelle's. So, you know, we, we kind of pre-prep and we discuss what empire we're going to essentially go over on Thursdays. And Dave Chappelle just recently made uh, an appearance on YouTube creating 846, which is... Uh, I wouldn't say a stand-up performance, um, but a polarizing performance uh, that we can certainly say. 846, of course, is uh, representing uh, how long uh, George Floyd had a knee on his neck, and uh, it was certainly polarizing. Yeah, I mean, it. it to be honest, it kind of almost felt like a, a group therapy session um, where he he very geniusly added comedy into it but used his platform to completely discuss you know how you you clearly saw how enraged dave Chappelle was you saw him clench his fists on stage while he was speaking about this um yeah he always had that stage presence uh and we'll get into of course his uh you know, his career has come up. Um, I believe he's from DC, uh, you know, extremely hard work ethic. Uh, if we're talking empires, at least in the comedy realm, um, from, from our generation, I would say Dave Chappelle is number one. And frankly, Kevin Hart, probably number two, but Dave Chappelle is number one. He would be Eddie Murphy. He's number one. From like a, like a fan and like iconic standpoint, <laughs> And like, yeah, our generation, absolutely. I mean, he created the one of the most successful comedic sketches show in all of time. Of um, all time, which only had two, two seasons. Two, two seasons. And it's funny because he mentions Kevin, Kevin Hart in like all of his stand-ups. And he, he mentions how he is like above him in like the, the comedy world. Or even like Dave Chappelle's son who joke about how he wants to go see Kevin Hart instead of his dad. Um, he even mentioned it in his release of 846, which is yeah. funny. Um, well, that's because, well, it's tough. Kevin Hart sells out arenas. Sells he, out. A, arenas. And he goes on arena worldwide tours. Now, Dave Chappelle, he's also sold out arenas. I mean, he just recently did it with Joe Rogan. Um, and mm-hmm. he, he's just way more laid back. He has no social media. Uh, it's all word of mouth and just, I mean, he's an icon. He's an icon and has been an icon probably since the Chappelle show, which came out in 01, maybe 02. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, his contracts were for, uh, I think 03 through 04. That's when the season's released. And then he pretty much bounced when the third season was in the middle of being made or he was, that's, that's the infamous offered 50 mil and he moved to Africa. Yeah, he he pretty much dipped, and he's like, you know, I'm not running from the money, or I'm not walking out on money. I'm walking out from the circumstances that these people around me are positioning themselves in to get in my pocket. They pretty much, what to my knowledge, trying to control 
the narrative, even though he had a lot of the creativity, um, he felt like he was being controlled. And also a lot of his skits, he felt were socially irresponsible. Um, he did. He actually, uh, I don't, a lot of his skits were on the, the, the preference of, of, of racism. Right. Yeah, absolutely, um, and, absolutely. And I, I do think he even says it does make him uncomfortable, although his stand up is a lot of um, controversy. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess when you're in TV, in the TV industry, um, you're really it, it's almost like, uh, you know, we work corporate, but we're business corporate. That yeah. is like pure corporate identity. And yeah. I think he bounced, though really because not the money but also the pressure of being that funny and that high of a level i mean that's tough to do for another two years yeah i mean i can totally see like the pressure of that i mean um he he says he loves the fame obviously he loves the fame i mean he's a great storyteller the man kills it on stage but um i think it's amazing that he took it to himself he's like let me walk away from this because it's i need to find who i am i need to like figure out what's right to me and i just thought you know that took that took more power than doing the show i mean well, you walked away from 55 million i always say if you don't care about a paycheck mm-hmm. and you know your value then ultimately you hold all the leverage. All the leverage is yours. So if he didn't care about the money and if he knows that he is a star and he is hilarious and he can do whatever he wants, Mm -hmm. then nothing is going to dictate anyone's decision-making, especially his, um, which obviously he, he shown. However, he did take, year a year like years hiatus after almost a this. decade about a decade i think but he, he didn't like come back into the industry until 2016 and that's when he did it every day he and came he, back in like 2013 but it was which like, makes sense that's when he started releasing specials again and that's when in 2016 netflix signed him to 60 million dollars for three specials on netflix and he ended up doing four and now five so i'm pretty sure he received nearly 20 million for each of those and as of 2020 his Apparent estimated net worth is fifty million, and I never think those things are correct. But that's what Forbes has. They're said. definitely not correct. We went over that one. Yeah, um, I tell you what. In his recent uh, in eight forty six, two things I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. One, I was very, very, very. I, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, disappointed that he shitted on Staten Island incredibly hard, incredibly hard. He pretty much said nobody from Staten Island is cool. And he said, fuck you to everyone from Staten Island, except Wu-Tang Clan. And I'm, I'm over here like, yo, you got me. You got impractical jokers. You got Frank G. Yeah. I'm thinking that too. Like, yo, we got plenty of good uh, people here. Oh man. Davey Chappelle. Like, I love you bro. But like, oh man. And it's hard that I couldn't get mad at him for the overall act of what he was speaking on. But like he, he really threw fucking shade at, uh, uh, I mean this, this, I don't know what you'd call it because it's not really stand up comedy, but I feel like in 50 years, you're going to be watching this. Like, uh, like quick, like 30 minutes, like specials on the internet. No, meaning he, he did this. And at the end of it, he said how he's not doing it to be an activist. 
yet yeah. it was so polarizing that it was uh an act it, it was it was it, it was an act in activism. itself yes yeah. so i mean i think because of who he is as a character that that was on its own so maybe i mean maybe he this was probably could have been a plan i mean he's a very smart guy but he i mean so think of like the comedy world it's completely shattered to meet up and go to shows this is the first show that was the first show where people had attendance i think they, since lockdown. yeah yeah it was the first show so one so there it, it already is now unprecedented it's and it's history in the making which he says and he's like whether you like it or not you're a part of history because this is the first show that we're testing and he's like you know what it might be un- might be weird and uncomfortable you're all wearing masks i can't see if you're laughing i mean i can hear you i can't like i guess i can't see the smiles and the happy joyness but Everyone had to get their temperature taken, the hand sanitizer. So yeah, but he did it well. I mean, everyone wore his logo on the mask. Yeah, I almost wanted his chain. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, he looks he looks pretty cool on stage. I can't lie. I mean, well, he's he's old now, but forty six. He's not old. I guess forty six, (laughs) bro. I mean, I just remember seeing him in like the movie Blue Streak. One of right? my favorites. One of my uh, absolute favorites. Uh, uh, that's, I'm glad you uh, you you got the reference, um, which is Martin Lawrence. Which many people would say Martin Lawrence is one of the best comedians of all time as well, uh, at least stand up wise. And that was a great movie. He was so young. And then you have how uh, half baked, half baked. Yeah, <clears throat> half baked was his mo- is that was his. That's when he like acclaimed success. That thing generated like seventeen point five million dollars. So like, I feel like that was still though in like ninety seven. I mean, he didn't pop well, off. I don't think until the show. Well, he. Well, I mean, if you made a movie that generated seventeen million, you have to have equated a revenue of in the millions. I would assume as the star actor. A movie that made seventeen million. See, I don't know because you don't. You got to account into a budget, but I would imagine that movie was no budget. Yeah. I completely would agree with that. I mean, it was it was like shot in a neighborhood. Yeah, in a in an apartment, and that movie itself is is iconic. However, his first role in uh, I think the first movie ever played in one of I got into his his acting in like two thousand nineteen ninety three I think or ninety seven or what is it uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights that movie that was like a parody. He he's always doing just funny shit. He's uh, Dave Chappelle, well, one of my favorites. He, uh, you know, you could learn a lot from 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 Dave Chappelle in the sense that he doesn't give a fuck what you think, and he just constantly works at his craft and what he loves. So he started out uh, stand up. He was super young, fourteen, he, I think. Yeah, I was gonna say he was younger than eighteen, and um, you know, of course, you, you're going to all these. Uh, all these venues and, and you're performing, but he was known and he still does it actually where he takes a little like uh, stereo with a microphone and he'll just park it in a park and do his show and then have random people. It, like he's like a street performer. Well, yeah, now, now, so aside from this special that Netflix teamed with YouTube and they released uh, 846, he is doing shows in Ohio for pretty much his neighbors, 150 people. And he's, so he, he put sets of dates three days in a row, like three weekends. They sold out instantly, instantly. So yeah, people want to see the first, this is the first like back to reality. Like, oh, they're dying to go see someone who they enjoy. I tell you what, I don't know if he could, uh, 
replicate that specific show multiple times. He's got to go back to comedian. That was, that was very empowering. And uh, at, at the same time, he didn't want a voice. And at the same time was the voice. Well, yeah, I mean, he knows, he, he sees the, you know, the movements in the streets and he says it, the, you know, the streets are going to speak whether I'm alive or dead. So he felt he didn't need to speak. And this is essentially going back to why he left because he felt like the, I mean, the celebrity, he, he felt like he was, he had to impose on every situation. I think, you know, what's every celebrity's opinion. He's like, it doesn't matter. Why do you guys care? And he makes a incredibly valid point. And what's so interesting is every, um, you know, African-American who has a platform and power, Stephen A. Smith, mm. um, Dave Chappelle, I'm thinking, um, I had them off like the top of my head. Um, they they all take a similar st- uh, little Wayne. They all take a similar stance in the sense that they acknowledge that things have to be done. Mm-hmm. Yet they're not the ones to move forward and do it, and yeah. that is up to the people, black yeah. and white. And and then you and then you get all the people who just don't understand that point, who kind of come right at them saying, "Well, you have this platform. You need to be speaking up." But I kind of under, I mean, I guess I understand both sides, but I completely understand the celebrity side, um, especially when you see things happening from the streets. It's like, why do you need me to do something? You guys are doing it on your own. Can't you see that you are creating this? I 100% get it. And plus, I mean, if you're a celebrity of that stature, at least of the three people I just named, man, you have a lot on your plate. Oh yeah. I well, I mean you're dealing you're dealing with much more than I mean the current social status or economics, you know, what we're going through. I mean, I mean he, imagine being a, a a revenue stream that can generate 50 million dollars. Imagine dealing with all those people, all those in and outs of the business, the creative aspect. How crazy is that? I mean, one show makes him so stand-up comedians at least on that level, which there's only maybe legit five. Yeah. Joe Rogan, Dave Chappelle, Kevin Hart. I mean, you got you got Sebastian Maniscalco who can sell out MSG four straight nights in a row. Like these, uh, I mean, I'm going to represent Staten Island and Practical Jokers are probably up there. Although <laughs> I went to an Impractical Jokers show MSG and they didn't sell out MSG. Uh, half of MSG was like locked off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, think about how much equipment you need to to perform really nothing you just need a microphone so all that money generated is pure income and mostly profit yeah i mean it must be it, that's i guess you need more income to be like a musician or I mean uh, more money to spend as a musician you need way more way so more it's kind of like uh the podcast we buy mics we have people, a camera in front of us, and we. What speak. mic did you buy, guy? I tell you what, though, if we do a thousand dollar challenge, I can understand why I'm making sixty to eighty bucks real quick. What do you think I'm going to pay you for this mic? I might as well, or <laughs> give it back. Otherwise, you have no voice. I mean, I could. I have uh, many ways to get around that, but I'll even give you the sixty bucks. Let it sound this clear. I got. I got to see how much I paid for that. There's a possibility I paid a buck twenty for it. I don't this, know. This mic was fifty two ninety nine. That is hilarious. We did an episode on it, and I think you had the numbers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'll yeah. take the sixty then, pal. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, yeah, I mean, always trying to make a quick buck, right? 
Yeah, well, you know, your boy Kanye's in the house, huh? Oh. <laughs> I don't know how uh, people react to that noise. <laughs> it's very egotistical noise, I suppose. <laughs> I wonder if, so like Dave Chappelle said when he was at shows, he would have people in the crowd, be, they would scream out like, I'm Rick James, bitch. And he would be like. Intentionally? Yeah, they was that's that was well that's one oh, of the oh, sketches oh, that I, got him. Yeah, famous. yeah, yeah. Of course, I mean, yeah, a plethora of sketches. Yes, yes, but that I one was like he his, wanted that. No, yeah. he didn't. He didn't want that. So I wonder every time uh, Kanye walks in the room, does he want people to acknowledge him like that? <laughs> oh, Kanye is different. In fact, Kanye and Kim just threatened uh, to sue their ex security guard because he was like saying how. He was saying how Kanye and Kim want to be so famous that they would call the paparazzi on themselves and tell them they're going to be here. Because it didn't make sense that there's thousands of people everywhere they went. Oh, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess you're embracing fame at that point. I mean, that is all brand exposure anyway. I don't know. I mean, if we're talking geniuses, Kanye may be up there as, as one of the smartest people branding wise i've seen the guy's incredible yeah and it seems like half of these people have like controversial um bro he he's three steps ahead of people like like he just came out last week when we were hanging out and and we were a little drunk me and you and there was a point where i put my phone down for the end of the night but i laughed when i put my phone down and the reason was is because i read how he became boys with donald trump just so he can him and kim could release black uh, inmates. And he was essentially, he, he played that. And now he's saying how he will never wear that hat again because of what's going on in the world currently. But I'm like, dude, this, he was taking such flack, but at the same time, it was all a plan. Well, yeah. So that's essentially kind of what like the Chappelle show was. I mean, so obviously the skits were kind of like referencing social injustices and racism, like we so said. So much, so much. And, and before it's time as well. And so television is how people perceive it. So obviously there's people who are perceiving it and like going to backlash against him because they were very controversial skits. I mean, I don't know though, man, they were so funny. That they were, yeah. You had, I mean, we were 10, 11 years old quoting, which, which is crazy. Skits. That's crazy. That's crazy. And those, those TV, I don't think those would make it on air anymore. A lot of shows and TV from the 90s and early 2000s certainly couldn't make it. I don't think so, man. I mean, and I, dude, I still have the DVDs. I think everybody does. Everybody owned them. And the, and, cra- yeah. And yeah, so, I'm sure you do because the, the Chappelle show was uh, at the time the most successful DVD created. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. The cast, they're, they're still, I mean, Daniel, uh, I think it's Daniel Rawlings. Yes. Rollins, he, yeah. He's still doing his thing. He's hilarious. Yeah. Except when he goes on Joe Rogan podcast and he gets really annoying, but he's still funny. <laughs> I mean, to be uh asked to be on Joe Rogan's podcast, you have to be someone special. Well or of interest. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's a stand up comedian, so yeah. of course he's in Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah. He no, he's up there. But uh it was hilarious. He did a show and then Joe Rogan had Redman come on to do a show after his show but he was still hanging around. So then they just did a show with Redman and uh, 
it wasn't Red Man. It was the RZA from Wu Tang. So it was mm. the RZA and Danielle. And he just kept interrupting. Where the uh, you got to read the comments? The comments <laughs> are just like, "Shut up, shut up already." And I, get- I mean, his 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 career had to get launched straight up from the Chappelle Show. Of course, I mean, he was uh, Dave Chappelle at the time was uh, a huge success. So I guess anyone who worked with him as well. But I could see the troubles that that comes with only because of the people. I mean, not only, but one of the people around you. I mean, they're gonna get greedy. They're gonna use you. Nah, uh, not, not. I don't think so. I, not, not. Maybe not. Not the cast of comedians. Maybe I think no. They were in it as a team. Comedy maybe. Central itself, maybe. Yeah, so, the corporate. Well, think about Comedy Central. Really, he made a good point when he left as well. Comedy Central one was like nothing before him. I mean, he goes. He was like, well, he's. Well, know. it yeah, wasn't. So. South Park's still the shit. It wasn't nothing, but I mean, he goes, it's not the place you really want to be. I don't know, man. When did he say that? Now or then? Uh, In 2006, when he was uh, interviewed by uh, Oprah for why he left. He did do the Oprah special. Um, I don't know. I feel like in the early 2000s, Comedy Central and MTV probably, like there was no net. Yeah, there was no Netflix. I mean, I guess- Maybe there was HBO specials, but having having a, a sitcom or having a, a sketch comedy show, you had that that was the place to be. Definitely get, not the yeah, place and, to be now. In, in that sense, absolutely. No, I agree with you. Um, and and then with all the love he's gotten from his comeback, I mean, so after he came back from this long decade hiatus, I mean, the man has made millions and millions. He's funny. He's loved. His he's never about the money, folks. Yeah, his. He's he's appreciated for being authentic, and anyone that is has a platform with an audience that is authentic, you'll see that they have love. I mean, any successful any successful person with a platform, if they're authentic, it just they have so many diehard fans. Yeah, well, you're not gonna you're not gonna sustain longevity if you fake it till if, you make if, it. If you fake it till you make it, yeah, you'll you'll get exposed and real quick, and then and then you won't make it. Yeah, so I, I forgot to mention this point earlier. Um, to to bring up how successful that show was, mm-hmm. you can essentially uh, look at Charlie Murphy, Eddie yeah. Murphy's brother, who is debatable better than Dave Chappelle from a comedy uh, stand-up act. I, I, I'd say no, but again, that's before my time. And uh, Charlie Murphy straight up had his own name after that. He wasn't Eddie Murphy's brother. Yeah, yeah, Charlie Murphy. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, from that standpoint itself, uh, yeah, he definitely ran an empire. I mean, he's got, like, you know, you have uh, Bill Belichick and a tree of coaches and Greg Popovich and a tree of coaches. You got, like, Dave Chappelle and, like, a, a tree of comedians. Oh, yeah. I mean, it goes back to... It's, I guess that's your network. So like you're going to have successful people in your network when you're at that level. Yeah, man. You know, hopefully one day we'd be at some level. I guess, I guess the, the level of the platform's irrelevant as long as you're financially free and passionate. I mean, that, that's the game. <clears throat> yeah. And I would say as long as you're passionate, um, you'll go through the challenges 
of when you're not financially free yet to get there. And it, and it's not as tr- uh, tiring or troublesome. Obviously, it's work, but you're going to enjoy it. And listen, folks, that is why we remain consistent. And this is why we are constantly trial and erroring ourselves and why we push ourselves with challenges and why we just, I guess, chill and have fun at the end of the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. I tell you what, man, this weekend we have a lake house on a lake, lakefront view. We haven't gone away in quite some time, so it's good to uh, uh, get some clean air. And, uh, you know, I I certainly need it. Um, I've already been off social media for the most part. I started yesterday. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm going to go look for my serenity. The lake house on a lake. Yes, we will be. Well, where the hell else do you think it would be? The beach? Well, this is what you said, so I was waiting this whole time to laugh at you for saying it. Oh, that's funny how. So I'm glad you. It, isn't that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I flipped it back on you, though. Huh? <laughs> 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 Fucking guy. Yeah, we're, yeah. Grateful. we're grateful we're going away, though. Just get away, you know. Yeah, you tried shitting on me, and we, I shit it back on you for shitting on me. I am glad. Yeah, yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are not going to Africa. Like Dave Chappelle, we are going to a lake house in the Poconos. And thank you very much for tuning in on this Thursday where we deep dive into empires of established successful people. And we'll catch you next time. We out.